Yeah. Oh yeah. You hit that every time, right? I can hear it. Howdy, everybody. I'm Robert. And I'm Ira. And this is Antiway. Yes, it is. A podcast all about the movies that are perfectly imperfect. Oh, I like that, Robert. That's really good. And the reason you came up with that is because the movie we're discussing this week is... is... You don't think I know, do you? No, you you don't. You really don't think so? No. It's not a good title. It's a horrible title. Yeah. The Perfection? The Perfection, yeah. What a weird... It's, it's, I, I always had to go back to make sure I was saying it. The perfection. Yeah. Even perfect, I'd like more yeah. than The Perfection. I think perfect would have been a better title. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that movie. It gets lost. It's like, wait, Inception, Perfection? Yeah, I kept going what, back what to say, am I saying the title again? right? Mm-hmm. The Perfection. And the top five we're doing this week happens to be... Musical Instruments. Musical Instrument Movies. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And our top five last week ah, was... last week. We had some really good ones, by the way. Hugh Jackman movies. Yeah. Robert, we got a lot of responses. Let's share a few, may I? Go for it. Okay. Obviously, a lot we had already mentioned, including The Prestige and uh, Bad Education, Prisoners. We know about all that. And uh, uh, one person wrote and said, uh, Eddie the Eagle. Did you mention that? I, I think mentioned you that. Mentioned I think that one, a, didn't you? Was that my top five? Or I, I can't remember. think it, it was. was my top five. Remember. was my scoop. Uh, and... Um, and, and someone else mentioned the movie Swordfish. Mm-hmm. I saw that in a theater. I forgot Hugh Jackman was in it. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And he was. So, yeah, this person was right. Now, we have one listener. Do you think that's one of those, um, like the Bairdstein Bears? What's the, um, oh, what's it called? The, where you think something is this way and there's like there's this whole theory that everything has been like switched in for our past. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. Mandela know. effect. That's what I'm I know say. what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. So maybe this falls in that category. Maybe Hugh Jackman wasn't originally he in that movie. In and there. then we go back and realize, oh yeah, Hugh Jackman's in this. Or was he? Maybe, maybe he's adjusting our reality. Right. Everything is subjective. It's a glitch in the matrix. Do, 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 do. Okay. All right. So, um, yeah. So here's, we have that one listener, Robert, who goes out of his way to mention movies that we, he tries to mention movies we have not previously mentioned. And I never heard of Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl. Does that mean anything to you? Yeah, I, I saw it. I don't think it's really a Hugh Jackman movie. I guess he's in it. Mm. Uh, he obviously mentioned uh, X-Men uh, franchise. Now, here's a movie I never heard of called uh, Erkinville Kings. Don't know it. Uh, first teaming up with Joel, Joel Egerton, we know he is. Uh, power, not very well known, but worth looking up, he said. Deception. The movie Deception, I'm mm. not familiar with it, a steamy film about a sex game co-starring uh, Ian McGregor and uh, Michelle Williams. And then he went for another film. His number one is called Tourism Australia, Dundee, uh, The Son of Legend Returns Home. It's, uh, it's, yeah, this it's, is, three, it's three This minutes. is the short little film. It's three, you know about this. Yeah, I don't even know if you want to call it a film. It's well, really more it's of a, a commercial. Fi- I know. It said it's, that's exactly what it is. It's a trailer, and it's like, come to Australia thing. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Australia, there's one other film. Did you see it? No. Oh, you didn't see it? You did? It's really funny. You saw it? Oh, yeah. Where'd you see it? Oh, it was theater? on for a while. It really? Was like, you'd see like different versions of it popping up on television and stuff. There were shortened versions, but the full long version is great because it it's set up like a movie trailer and it, it makes you think that That's it's funny. going to be this uh, crocodile dundee part two and it's got all these australian actors in it and like name name actors or name recognized people i mean look who's in this thing margot robbie is in it right paul hogan is in it uh russell crowe and and our boy uh, hugh jackman as well so he put that down as his number one but then someone else got in a quick email to me the movie australia mm. and i w- i looked yeah He's and yet it. another commercial for uh, Australia. Well, in a way, you could make that argument. Yeah. <laughs> so that's some of our 
listener mail. Okay. Wait, that's cool. not all the mail we got. We got, got more it. mail. Oh, here's another one. Mm-hmm. Someone who was uh, Someone took umbrage with, with us. Umbrage. I like that word, mm-hmm. umbrage. Do you want to kick this off? Uh, when we, What did we say a couple of weeks ago? Well, last, we said, uh, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking, we right. were talking about, um, about medical expenses in the United States and who should have... Uh, who should have the responsibility of paying? Is so, it the government's responsibility to see to it that all of its people are healthy? Right. So as, as our show starts to leave movies and start to get <laughs> on a more political bit, which I have a feeling today is going to be a very political show because so much has been talk yeah, about. We haven't, we haven't talked in two weeks and there's been no. riots and looting and uh-huh. protests. Oh, yeah. Were you out there taking Riots and the, looting and protests. Oh, my. Oh, my. Lions and t- Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we have a lot to talk about with that. But we should address this email. Do you want to read what, what this email says? Uh, Maybe not all of not it. Not all of it, but I disagree there. with the conclusion about not making health care a right provided by the state. As it's, this, this listener uh, was making the argument that because anyone in our society is allowed to go to the emergency room and be treated, in a way, we've got health coverage for all. And he was making the ar- interesting argument that in the long run, it's less expensive to do that um, and, and taking care of people when they're not healthy, it would be... He said it would be less expensive if we had free health care with maintenance. That's it. And if people could get, you know, their, their teeth cleaned and blood pressure medication and stuff like that, that ultimately it would be easier on the state and federal economy. That's the argument he was making. Right. Right. Because it's emergency health care is already covered for everybody. Right. Right. But here's my retort. Okay. Hospitals don't publish their ledgers. Most of the time it's hidden, so you don't know the cost of anything until after the procedure is done. They don't, they're not held to any sort of estimates, whereas you go to other, you know, have you ever heard of medical tourism? Like if you go to other countries, they tell you up front, here's how much this triple bypass surgery is going to cost. So you know how much it's going to cost ahead of time. Um, and people are going to other countries in order to have that surgery done because it's so finicky in the United States. You don't know how much debt you're going to end up. You don't, you don't know how much the insurance company is going to cover until the whole thing is done. And a lot of times you can't get the medication because you're indebted to the insurance companies in the first place. Mm. And insurance companies have the right to do that. I'm not saying they don't. But the problem I have is when the government is stepping in saying, we're going to cover all of this. Because the government, by necessity, winds up uh, like making it more convoluted for everybody. So if we just said, I, I get that we have emergency health care in the U.S. I don't think we should, by the way. I think that we should be able to deny certain people. Certain people should be turned away from emergency so. rooms? I think so. If you have a, <clears throat> a habitual person who is consistently coming in and oh, is abu- not, Abusing. Abusing. Right. Right. I mean, I'm thinking of um, like a parody of this would be if you've ever seen the TV show Shameless, um, the... the, the um, um, character frank uh frank gallagher on that show he almost every episode has some sort of medical problem where he goes into the hospital he gets taken care of they patch him up and kick him out and he doesn't pay he just never pays and he's constantly going in and and that's like a running joke and that show's been on for 11 seasons or something and every i'm no no exaggeration i'd say every third episode he's in the hospital and it's, I mean, yes, it's a parody. Yes, it's a fictional character. It kind of proves my point of what I'm talking about. There are people that are like this that consistently go back to the hospital and abuse the whole system, and then we're left paying for it. That's right. already currently the standard, which I don't think should be the standard. And so he's, this person says they should go off and quietly die uh, somewhere else. Well, first of all, it doesn't have to be quiet. They can die however they want. But second of all, 
there are other groups that will take care of some of these people. You know, there are um, there are not just like nursing homes, but there are um, what do you call that? Like uh, hospices and things like that that mm-hmm. will take in some of these people if they are deathly ill. But why is it everybody else's like responsibility in society to have to pay for you know you to get your teeth cleaned? Right, right. Why should we have to pay for that? Right. And if you're not going to take care of yourself, why should I have to foot the bill? I I, I don't uh, pooling all of our resources into one big governmental collective pot is a problem. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's what I have to say. <sighs> probably get more emails. Yeah, probably. Or I hope we didn't lose a listener. <laughs> <laughs> Click. What's that sound? It just turned us off. We're down to zero. Is that, oh, no, we have our three Ethiopians. Oh, no, no, no. They're gone. They're gone? Yeah. The three of them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. they were our buddies for a while. But we thank you for the uh, the, the feedback with that, too, with, with listener email. Mm-hmm. and um, that's, how, that's how we deal with listener email. <laughs> now, I appreciate the concept. I just disagree with it, respectfully. Yeah. Hey. Hmm. Robert. Hmm. Huh. Am look, I your look, how many fingers do I have up? Twos. You're holding up two twos. Oh! Oh, no, but I was oh, actually I like that one. I was going to go for Muse. I still like your fireworks having a short fuse. Okay. You know, my shoelaces are kind of loose. loose what? Lo- what? What? Loose. <laughs> What's going on in the news? <laughs> we have a lot to talk about, and you know what? For once, I'm going to skip the minor stuff about little tiny corrections. You know, like oh, I misspoke. To the re- you know, fuck that. But I want to say one thing before we get to the nitty gritty. I was about to say, I bet you won't. I couldn't. I could like a. <laughs> I'll skip no, all this. No, stuff, I did have other things. I have to correct. There was one thing, but I forget these minor minor things. Can I? Do, let me do one minor minor thing. There you go. I, I've got to include this. Yeah. When you were mentioning that the film Silver Streak, that the train is only in for like the last 20 minutes or mm-hmm. so, it's throughout the whole film. Is it? Could you be thinking about a different movie, my friend? Maybe. I think well, perhaps no, you I, were. I'm thinking of that movie. I just misremember They're on that. the train the whole time. And I went back and I read the synopsis because I thought, is it really in it? Only in the third act? It's throughout the whole film, the Silver Streak. So I did go back and check, and I hate to correct you like this in front of all of our <laughs> listeners, including the three you Ethiopians. You warning. <laughs> I know. I should. <laughs> the Ethiopians who are watching Silver <laughs> Streak all the time. <laughs> but yeah, so I just wanted to say that Silver Streak is throughout the whole film. Did I just throw you under the bus? No, I did I throw? Hey, one it's, more thing. It's probably been 25 years since I know, I've seen I know. the movie. One more thing before we get to the nitty-gritty of what we do want to talk about. It was a, a reported that AMC is going under. Are Have they? you heard this? No. They're shutting down. They're about to. They're about to file bankruptcy. And they said, look, part of it is, is not just the, the virus, but also because of streaming. They've been losing a lot of income, a lot of revenue, and um, and there may be no more AMC. Theater. Can you th- imagine that being happening? Yeah, I, I was saying before, I, I said this on the podcast, didn't I, that Regal and AMC are going to have trouble and they will fall. They could could easily fall, and there will be somebody who will come along and swoop them up. The movie going experience will not die. You you said years ago on a podcast that movie theaters will never go away. They won't. I'm convinced. I mean, this will certainly take a hit. Right. I mean, it's going to be a while before they recover. Yeah, yeah. And it's too bad because I really like that program. You know, the, I know the rewards program they have. Stubs. Yeah, Stubs. Yeah. yeah. What are we allowed to say? Three movies a month? Yeah. Yeah. For a reasonable amount, monthly fee. But uh, it's still uh, teetering on bankruptcy. I think it's so, three movies a week. What did I say? Mo- a month. Oh, did I say three a month? Yeah. Wait, is it three a week? No, it's it's three, three a week. Is it three a week? Yeah. Wow. 
Well, no wonder they're going bankrupt. Okay. Um, regardless, but I do want to give you a heads up. Okay. How can we not talk about what has been going on in our... In What's our been going country? on? Nothing. Mm. All right. Let's talk about the main movie. We didn't record last week. I know. Because so. there were riots. Uh, there were There was looting. Well, and also, you were busy stealing from the, sh- the sneaker store on Melrose. We saw you. I was out there. Did you see me on Channel 7? <laughs> yeah. 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 Wore my Black Lives Matter shirt. <clears throat> clinch fist. Okay, so... Jo- Jewish Lives Matter. Let's let's talk about this. All right. George Floyd obviously is... Uh, if you've not heard... This is on, I think, Memorial Day, wasn't it? Was it? I think it was. If not, Memorial Day is the day before, day after. Uh, was essentially executed by a cop who had his neck... Uh, had his knee on his neck for... Uh, was it eight minutes and 41 seconds? Just right under nine minutes. And yeah. you know, these cried. By this point, virtually everyone who's listening to this knows the whole story. What do you think about the initial um, the initial act in Minneapolis? What do you think about the response of people writing? And then what do you think about the how this plays into the coronavirus situation? Mm. Are they connected somehow? Well, mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. yeah. With many of these issues, um, I often use the word a lack of compliance to comply when the police pull you over. Just comply. Mm. Just comply. And I've often used that argument with other examples, but this is one time where that compliance argument is not that he was murdered. Yeah. He was, this is, excuse the pun, this is black and white. There's no gray area. Right. There is no, no, no justification for what they did to him. Zero. Uh, we're on the same. Totally agree. Yeah. Could yeah. not agree more. Yeah. And I, I this guy, uh, okay, the, the guy who knelt on his neck is a piece of shit. But I do want to point like he was something smiling. out. I saw think the video. Here's what it was like I think. a wicked smile. I really, and this face. is, I'm going to talk about this in a minute. Yeah. I really, I want to lay something down at okay. you. Okay. I think the reason he was doing that was because there was a group of people who were all shouting at him, get your knee off his neck. And now it becomes this weird power struggle where it's like, I'm the one in charge and I'll take my knee off his neck when I say so. And now it becomes this weird who has power kind of thing. Now, that does not excuse his behavior, right? That's not who you want in a police officer. What you want is someone who's going to step back and see the situation for what it is and make decisions that are more mature and, and for the betterment of everybody involved. But I think that was the mentality of what was going on. Right. And I think that's why he did it for so long and why he was almost taking pleasure out of it, which is, I'm not going to back down. I've, I've said what I need to do. Or I'm doing what I need to do. I've said it. I'm doing right. it. Right, right. And the other police officers were trying to back up their team because that's what they've kind of been trained right, to do. Right. And I think you can even see it in some of their faces because they're new to the job. I don't know if you know, but two of them, I think it was like their first week. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. And they, you could see it in their faces that they're scared. And I think, <clears throat> I think all the protests have kind of been like, how could this guy not see – like not know the history of what's already been going on with with police and and black people, and I think I think he knew what, what the history was, and I think what he was trying to do is show force and kind of dissipate the situation. And of course, that, that obviously isn't what happened. It inflamed the situation and made it so much worse, and you know, nearly ripped apart the entire country over it. But I think that's why he did it was this weird power thing. Right, he made a made a stance, and now he has to stick with it because everyone's watching him. And right. if he backs down, he'll lose all credibility. Right, all credit became me versus them. Right. Yeah, and I'm not gonna let them win. Right, right, right. 
And if I do, then that will be the beginning of of of, of them attacking right, us and throwing right. rocks at us, and, right. and this could lead to a a, a riot. Yeah, you know, which <laughs> go think go figure. Right. So, I think okay, guilty of sin on that. Agreed. Regard. Agreed. I do think if the crowd had just said, "Let's get out of here. Let's go get a drink," I think the I think George Floyd would still be alive if they just never stopped. You know, like if they. If they weren't kind of telling him constantly, get your knee off his neck, I think he'd still be alive. Wow. Which I'm not trying to place blame right, on them. Right. It's him. He did it. Yeah. But their actions motivated his warped thinking, um, which is – it's kind of fucked up, right? That, that, that's fucked up to – because if you, if you stopped and thought about it, one might have guilt. If I was in that crowd, I think I would walk away going, did I just get this guy killed? You know, and and I don't think they did. I don't think they are morally responsible. I think the cop is a hundred percent morally Absolutely. responsible. Absolutely, but what an interesting point you're articulating. I never heard that before. Well, that I, that's sense. just my own personal yeah, viewpoint. Yeah, yeah. So that's that. Now, what about the other three f- police officers? Do you think that they're culpable in this? Sure, not to the same degree, mm. but they didn't do anything to stop him. If you've heard lately, they've um, the new the the. Um, attorney general for Minneapolis there or Minnesota there they upped the charges did you hear about this that they yes they started out at third degree degree, now it's second and I don't know if you've heard there's a few podcasts that have talked about this that that's a real problem have you heard about this well I know that that if you go to if you're like second or first it's harder to convict yeah right so right and can you imagine the reason why they did it was because to ensure what that there'll be conviction no the reason why they did it was because in third-degree murder, it's basically like you have a depraved mind, right? So you you made this awful decision, but you were just out of your mind insane, right? That's the standard, especially in Minneapolis. Like, that's their, their standard for third-degree murder. And they're trying to hold the other three officers accountable, but you can't hold someone accountable if the main person is out of their mind, right? That would mean... All four people are equally out of their mind. Well, you can't be out of your mind at that point, right? You're not crazy. So what they had to do was to bump him up to second-degree murder so that they could now place an aiding and abetting charge on the other three police officers. Right, right. And so at that point, they, they're trying to charge those other three. But in doing so, yes, you're right. I think it's going to be harder for them to prove Absolutely. that second-degree murder. And that could make all of this just spiral right back out Absolutely. of Absolutely, yes, yeah. I think it's a... A really big problem there. Do you know the, the criteria, the definitions of like first is first degree planned? First, yeah. Planned. Yeah. Right. I mean, it always depends. It, it depends on how they charge. But generally speaking, I think first degree is thought out, thought out, planned. Right. And I, I want to attack this. I'm going to kill this person. Second degree is like you're robbing a bank and in, you're already doing something that's wrong or in, in the process you wind up shooting somebody and they die. So it wasn't planned. But you were doing something. You were committing a crime already, and you're responsible for that person's death. And then third degree, you know, would be you are drunk driving down the street right, and right. you run over a little old lady. Right. Right. So bumping him up from third degree to I think part of the problem is everybody, all the protesters are going, "Yeah, we, you know, we upped it to second degree. Like, let's go to first degree." But you're you're mistaking the crime for how much we care about right, right. the conviction. Right. And those two things should not be confused. That's right. But there's an emotional 
swell with three, two, and one. Right. And that's what everyone's been buying into that that mass mail, maelstrom. Yeah. They want to first degree. Right. Right. It's an emotional response. Right. And this is this is should not be an emotional decision. Right. This should be right. a purely fact based decision. When they change it from third to second, do you think it was because of the protests? That's a great yes. question. Do you do? Yes. Now, absolutely. of course, they said no. They have to say that. Well, I think it was because of the protest, but it's also because they want to try to get these other police officers right, on. Right, right. But here's the other problem. The problem is that this has ramifications later on. There will be black people who are charged for third-degree murder who will then be upped to second-degree murder in the future based on this case. So this, this is going to have an eventual adverse effect on the black community. Hmm. And... I don't think people are stopping to think about those kinds of things. Let's talk about the riots. Are the protests yeah, riots the or pri- protests? Riots Which and one? Protests. Which one? Well, both. The, well, yeah. Are these two different? Actually, this well, is this one we want to talk. They've been simultaneous. Yeah, but are they different groups? Hmm. I wonder. Well, we're uh, told question, that they are different groups. I know. Uh, are the protests doing any good? I think first of all, it, this is total virtue signaling. This is this is people saying, look how great and unracist I am. Like, I am not a racist. I am out here protesting for a noble cause. Okay. Uh, I have no problem with that. I mean, your First Amendment rights allow you to do so. They do not allow you to, you know, hurt people and steal from people. That's obviously wrong. And I do think that the, the looting um, – I think the looting is taking away – from the value of the protest in the first place. I do agree with the protesters. I think police have become too militant. Mm-hmm. I, I really do think that. I think, I mean, you look at the... Wait, do you? I do. I think they've become too militant. You know? I think it, you have some situations like the North Hollywood shootout where you did need military-grade weaponry to take out some of these um, some of these criminals. You know, the, the, the guys who have... Kevlar bodysuits. Yeah, you need something military grade. These the police officers were getting all shot up. I, luckily, no police officers died. But in that situation, you need a bazooka to take those guys out. And they were really, really fortunate that they, you know, they there was a gun store right there that they were able to get some of that stuff and right. be able to to basically defend themselves against these guys who had, you know, machine guns. But that's a a rare case. I don't think that you need all. The, and I think even too. You look at a lot of the, just even the uniforms of a lot of the police officers and a lot of the uniforms, they're all like jet black and they're very militant yeah. and it's like, yeah. and it's done for intimidation. I get that, but you don't need that. That's not what a police officer should be doing. A SWAT team, maybe. Right. 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 Specialty teams. Okay. I could accept that, but that's not what what's going on with the most police force. Do you think that that's the case? Do you think that they're not? I think it is done intentionally to give it but that militant. But I'm saying, do you think that they're too militant? Think, uh, well, there's. I don't know if I think they're too militant. I remember about the uniforms too. And I remember when I first saw like in the late seventies in New York, where we saw police officers in blue shirts with short sleeves mm-hmm. and it seemed like they're making an effort to be more casual. Yeah. I think that was a concerted effort. Less, let's, less Nazi like, mm-hmm. um, and approachable too. Yes. Yes. Um, but too, too militant. Hmm. I don't know. I think I so. Think, I mean, look, there's there's been instances of police departments buying tanks and things like that. They don't they don't need all that shit. They've got the National Guard if it comes down to that. They have a backup. And I think I don't think most police forces need all that. Um 
I and so I think in my problem with the protests to begin with initially was that they weren't saying anything. They weren't coming up with any real solutions. And and I was saying this to my wife. We were watching the news, and it said the point a couple times. And they uh, on the news, they I think it was ABC. They <coughs> they asked a prominent um, leader in the Black Lives Matter movement, and they asked him point blank. They what, said, "What, what kind of change want? would what you do, like to see?" What do you see? want? And I I couldn't even get the words out fast enough. I just I just started grunting, ah ah ah, and just started pointing like, "Watch this! Watch this!" I hadn't even seen it, it was live, and I pointed. I was like, "Watch!" And he goes. We have to understand that what's happened here is a tragedy. It was all I these platitudes. Yeah, it was just like, that, yeah. you've not, you got a golden opportunity to say, what change would you like? Well, I would think he would say to stop killing us all the time. But that's not even a real change. I mean, look, that's already there, right? That's already, that's already been implemented, which is please don't kill black people. Okay, that's clearly not working. So what's the change? Right. I mean, you're, you've already told all the police officers don't kill black people. So to, to say, hey, no, this time we really mean it. Don't kill black people. It, nothing's going to change. And there is there are going to be circumstances moving forward. There will, will be some police officers, like a white police officer who kills a black police officer, and vice versa. Black police officers who kill white police officers, white police officers who kill white, white um, citizens. You know, it's going to be interracial. And I think part of the problem that no one is discussing, and it's infuriating to me, is that the media only focuses on this one narrative. They focus on white police officers killing black right, people. Right, right, I mean, if, you, if you've ever seen um, the Daniel Shaver case, I don't know if you know about this, but this was in Mesa, Arizona, and the Mesa Police Department, it's awful. It's like an, it's an execution. This guy, um, he had a, here's the story. I'll tell you a little bit of a story about this guy. He... Uh, was a, his job was he had a, a, um, a BB gun, like a pellet gun, and he would go into like Walmarts or Costco's after hours. He was hired to go in and he would shoot like birds that would get in there. And so that was his job was to go in and kill all the, the birds that had kind of flown in throughout the day. So he was at a hotel and he had a girl in his hotel room and they were like having some drinks or whatever. And they, she asked him about it and he showed her his gun. Well, there was a couple that was outside the hotel room who was in the jacuzzi, and they saw him with a gun in his room. They didn't know it was a, a BB gun or a pellet gun. So they told the front desk. And the front desk called the police and said, there's somebody in our hotel with a gun. So the police show up, and they, they pull this guy. He comes out of his hotel room, and they get him down on the ground. And he, he has, like, a T-shirt and, like, a, like a, not boxer shorts, but, like, loose-fitting, um, like, a basketball shorts. And he's crying. He's sobbing. He's like, please don't shoot me. Please, please. His hands are out. He's totally complying. And they're screaming at him. And like, if you fuck up one more time, you're a dead man. And they keep screaming and screaming and elevating and elevating. They're not de-escalating. And they keep telling him to, like, crawl towards him, but to keep his legs. It's like this weird, complicated Simon Says thing. And he's been drinking, so he's yeah. confused. Yeah. And his pants start falling down. And he starts to reach to pull up his pants because they're falling down. And they just blow him away. And it was a white guy. And I, as awful as the George Floyd thing was, this Daniel Shaver thing is far, it's, it's disturbing. It's like, it will, you can't unsee this thing. You never heard about it in the news. No, no. Because it was a white police officer and a white guy. Right. And so that didn't fit the narrative. But the narrative should be that the police are killing people. Right, right. People, right. Just human beings. Yeah. 
not just black people, but people people. Right, right. I get that there is a whole racial element here too, but there's we you have to tackle your your areas one at a time. And the the fact that the media is driving a the media are obsessing with va- black victimhood. They yes. never show black yes. people with dignity. Yeah. They never do this. They show black people as victims constantly. Yes. Even in movies. I mean, tying it back to this podcast, black people are the first ones to die in the movies. Right? It's a trope at this point. And it's always black people are the victims. Black people are being shat upon. Well, if you say that to somebody for long enough, they're going to start to believe it. You know, if I tell you your entire life that the whole world hates you, then you're going to believe it. Right. When you're going to see it in the world. Sorry. So, getting back to the core question, uh, do you think um, any good will come from these protests, or is it only going to continue to separate to separate people? Well, there's an I anti-protest. It's some, when I get my cynical mode, Robert, I often embrace the notion that um, it is... Um, we will always have a lack of trust or comfort to be with people who are different from ourselves. Do you embrace, do you agree with that statement? I don't embrace it, but I agree. You agree? That's what I meant. That's yeah. not, you agree with that. And is diversity working? I wonder. Well, America has unique problems. We have problems that other countries don't have. We have a bigger integration of different cultures, far more so than any other country. Name another country that has more, um, of a collection of different cultures and different groups combined together. Mm-hmm. I think the next closest is probably the United Kingdom, you know, and they, because they have a lot of Pakistanis that, that have come over and, and from different parts of the world, but it's still predominantly white and it's not nearly as large as the United States. So, I mean, I think, I think you'd be really hard pressed to find another country with more of those groups together. So of course we have unique problems with right. that. And we also allow people to speak out and we have guns and there's all of these issues. I don't think that taking away the guns is the answer, right? but we have all of these problems and we're more prone to violence. I think Americans are far more violent than right. most other countries. Right. right. But we do tend to cluster with people who are like, uh, look, we used to teach uh, cultural communications and stuff. We'd always, I notice at the college, I take my students around and say, see, all the Armenians are at that table at lunchtime, you know, all the cute uh, white girls are at that table. All the poker players are over there. All the athletes, you know that people segregate by, uh, to be among those who they are the most comfortable with. Absolutely. I think that's true. But, but I think there's, it's also, we're looking for certain, for certain, um, signifiers in order to determine what how those groups are broken up and i think i could find a bunch of different ways that they aren't broken up i mean right now you and i okay we're both white male and so that's what somebody who wants to see us in a certain way would see us but we're also we we have a huge age difference not that huge huge age difference a few years i mean i'm young i'm like super (laughs) spunky you're old and dying yes i am but Yep. You're Jewish. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. You're right. I mean, how are we? Uh, I'm handsome. You're Ira. I mean, I have a big cock. You don't. <laughs> right. I've got your big cock in my ass. <laughs> but the point is, I'm straight. You're gay. <laughs> the point is, how do you how do you slice this right. pie? Right. Right. And when you're saying, do we congregate? Yes. When you were showing those people the groups, 
You're saying there's all the Armenians, but I bet there were some male and female Armenians sitting together. And I bet you probably weren't looking at their bank accounts to determine who was wealthy and who wasn't. I bet there were some lower income Armenians who were right, sitting Right, but with we them. did this experiment. I had the students watch when this happened. I sent a, a, a petite Asian girl. I said, go at that table with all the Armenians playing poker, and I want you to go up there and say, hey, boys, deal me in, and let's just see what happens. And she <laughs> They they were not happy. Right. 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 I, I, now, I took an I extreme. I don't disagree with your right, premise. I think right. the problem is that we're only looking at a handful of right, ways to spice right, this right. thing up. We, you mentioned in, in one of them, poker players. I, I poker players is a group. I have no idea what the stereotype of a poker player is. I mean, I, I guess I do have some idea of what I could construct in my mind, but I do have an idea of the stereotype of different <coughs> races, of different genders, of different, um, you know, of of different. Gen- whatever you want to talk about, however you want to cut that up, I have some ideas of that. But smart people, I mean, smart people do collect together. But absolutely, there's also they will break racial t- yes. lines to do yes. that. Yes, yes. So how do you slice the other, pie? How do you slice yeah, the I pie? Yeah, I slice the pie. Right, right. It's the criteria that you're using. Yeah. Now the, the looting that came along with yeah. this, um, it seems so well orchestrated. I'm it convinced. was so well planned yeah. and thought out. Which neighborhood, which stores? Yeah. Were, are the looters among us or were they shipped in from I elsewhere? have to give them this. At least they didn't fuck up their own neighborhood. How it, about for a change? Right. Right. And I can respect that and I appreciate that. And at least you're going to an area that, quote unquote, can afford it. Now, the problem is you have places like the the West Side Music Center or whatever that was in Santa Monica. You heard about this where they were, it was like a nonprofit organization that uh, donates to charity all the time. And they have all these like musical instruments that they rent out to yeah. low income people. And people went in and just destroyed stuff and broke everything and stole all the instruments and started selling them on Craigslist. And it was, it's awful. Like that's who you should not be targeting. I'm convinced that Antifa uh, organized a lot of this ahead of time. I yeah. think they probably said, we're going to wait. Let's wait until one comes up, like another instance of a white police officer uh, murdering a black. And we just got to wait. That's all we got to do. Plan it out. And we'll wait for the right time. And then we'll strike. And I'm convinced that's what happened because they, they were too organized, dropping sure, off. I'm sure you heard about this pallets of, of bricks and things like that. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. But also. And I, they carpooled, didn't they? Right. It was very organized yeah. logistically to get here. Right. And. And I think it differs from, like, the the 92 riots. The 92 riots were born out of anger against the police, and it was – they were geographically locked in because it was organic at the time. It was just kind of, let's just – I want to destroy (coughs) something, and there's a gas station. I'll just go destroy that. Or there's a market. I'll go destroy that. And they're destroying their own neighborhood. I would have felt more passion for the cause if they went to the Simi Valley Courthouse where the verdict was read and went there and – with torches and protested, I would I would get that. Well, I think that's but part instead, of why they put it in Simi Valley instead of in Los Angeles. Probably, yeah, because they did go to the L.A. courthouse, yeah, and they were yeah, protesting yeah, there. And yeah, they ripped down the, yeah. you know, the they were smashing windows and stuff downtown. So, I, I mean, I got to tell you, these the riots and looting it was literally well, Robert, right you live you yeah. live downtown L.A. Where you're like Broadway and what Seventh or something. I live where, on Seventh Street. You're on Seventh at Broadway. The worst part of all of it was one block away from I mean there I was literally watching my my own building on the news and there were fires that were being set up and I you know went out the next morning and there were still scorch marks all over the 
you know, the, the intersection. Now, you're pretty high up. What I'm on, yeah, I'm, I'm way up high. What floor are you on? High. What, high? High floor. High floor. I don't want to tell people that. Oh, you want to tell people no. that come to your house? No. Were you able to hear noises outside? Of course you were. Oh, yeah. What did you hear? A- a sirens and chanting Yeah, and, and they screaming throw fireworks and, out into these. Know, these you know. They set fire. We, we saw a guy set fire to a car, and um, literally he doused this car with, like, lighter fluid or something and lit it on fire and then walked away. And just a car that was parked out there. I'm like, that's so fucking awful to do to somebody who just parked on the street. You know who this person is. And so I grabbed my fire extinguisher, I, having trouble trying to find it. And I was like, I know it's here somewhere. I had to dig it out from under the sink. And I was just about to, I was walking down the hallway to go put it out. And Joey yelled at me. She said, somebody put it out. There was a, a homeless guy right next to it. And he came over and poured a thing of water on it, put it out. But it was, it's just general mayhem. They're just trying to create chaos. And, of course, we know coming on the heels of COVID, which was – they're slowly opening up businesses. I want to get back to that in a second. you want to tie it in but with that. But I think also it should be noted – have you heard of the uh, Boogaloo movement? Have you heard about this? Do you know who this is? So th- this ties back to the podcast a little bit. This is a, a film. So the Boogaloo movement is a group of right-wing extremists that are also perpetuating – they're very anti-government and very – they don't want the police, and they're trying to perpetuate um, a race war. And they're, it's called accelerism, accelerism. So their idea is that they should try to accelerate the chaos that's already there. Um, the, the guy who shot up the New Zealand church, remember that uh, mm-hmm. about a year or so ago, he went to the church in New Zealand and shot everybody up. He was part of this movement, like accelerism. So the Boogaloo, they take their name from the movie. Electric Boogaloo. Yes. Are you serious? Breaking 2, Electric Boogaloo. I love that film. It was well, a breakdancing. Electric so the, Boogaloo 2. The idea was that the Break-In was the first movie. Yeah. And Break-In 2, Electric Boogaloo, was a needless copy. It was almost the exact same yes, movie, right? I have the poster. And so the idea is basically here like that there is a like a a needless like this, this urge to have a second wave of like a second civil war, and and let's let's get on with it and and move on with this needless charade that we're in right now. So they are known for wearing Hawaiian shirts and camo, and if you see that, if you see it in like news programs and things like that, you'll see some people that are walking around with Hawaiian shirts, and you'll go, oh, okay. Um, and then you'll also see like I was downtown, and you'll see people that are doing like Antifa hand gestures. I'm giving you a hand gesture right now. And there's like, there's like certain hand gestures that they have that they signify to each other. Are you part of Antifa? And if you signal back, then it's okay. We're, we're part of Antifa. So these groups are totally there. I saw them and you, you can witness what they're doing. Um, and I think it's weird that both extremist groups are both trying to propel what's going on here. And I think the problem is that you have a lot of people in the middle who have good intentions and are saying you know, black people matter too. And you have these groups that are trying to use them to right. accelerate all of this. Is the media adding fuel to the fire? Absolutely. But you know what? They've been adding fuel to the fire for the past uh, 30 years. This is not not just the, this week. It's been this perpetual uh, black people are only victims. Black people are only victims. Black people are only victims. And they won't stop that narrative. Right, right. Instead of the story being about police are brutal to citizens, the narrative is police are brutal to black people. Why are you going to bring up race? Why does it have to be about race? You're making everything about race. And and CNN has these great numbers in May because of coronavirus and all this shit. So, of course, 
they're motivated to do this. Now they're doing great. And they're going, cool, we're back up. Yeah, because you you made everybody so fearful. I don't know if you heard Killer Mike's uh, big speech. Killer Mike is a rapper. He's part of, uh, uh, what's the group? Um, the uh, Run the Jewels mm. is a rap group. Uh, and he's from Atlanta. He gave a big tearful speech talking about how the media has made everybody so fearful. And they don't give anybody hope. He's so right. He's absolutely right. And people have to snap into that. And they don't. Now, let me get back to the coronavirus. I have something to say. Yeah, you said they're linked. You kind of implied that. Well, they're not linked then. directly, but here's what I think. I'm now convinced. Remember what I said earlier about how the police officer, if, if everybody had just walked away, I think George Floyd would still be here. I'm convinced that the politicians and the media were so locked in and so uh, committed to the idea that coronavirus was going to kill everybody that now we're seeing all these like thousands, hundreds of thousands of people together. Literally hundreds of thousands of people were in uh, D.C. over the weekend. And we're not seeing this huge you're, spike you're in You're predicting numbers. no spike. No. That, well, the protests have already been going on for two weeks. Right. So where's the huge spike? Right. But they've committed to this idea of, no, we have to be careful. And I've been saying it all along. This is all fucking bullshit. It's not that bad. But everybody's so fearful because it's all we've heard about is be scared, be scared, be scared. Because that's all the media deals in is just fear that now we're looking at it going, well, where's the big spike in numbers? And they're not coming. And I, I think if they hadn't been so committed to this idea. Of course, it can be asymptomatic at first. It's possible. Well, it is possible. Yeah. Yeah, that's certainly possible. And I, I said before this podcast, I think we all had it. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if you go back and you look, you'll find yeah. that most yeah. people probably had it at some yeah. point. Yeah. But I, that's, if you have hundreds of thousands of people converging in Washington, D.C. for this protest, then it, it stands to reason that at least some of them would catch the virus. Sure. Right? They're all in close proximity. And where is the huge spike? Now, granted, this protest only happened this weekend, but right. this is not the first one. There's been, I mean, was it last weekend? There was like 50,000 people yeah. in Boston or yeah. something. Yeah. So there's huge numbers of people com convening. And I think it's the same thing, which is they have publicly said to everybody, here's our stance. And they're not willing to back down and change their approach. Hmm. Same way as the cop. Yeah. 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 They're not willing to back away. And, and I think there's a real problem in our society with not allowing people to change their mind. We somehow don't accept it. And it's, it's this idea of, no, no, that's not what you said. Okay, yes, that's what I said then. That's not what I'm saying now. I'm changing my mind because new information has made me more enlightened and this is now how I I think it's healthy to change your mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's, people don't do it. I know. I know. Because they feel it makes you look weak. I'm sorry to go on this rant, but I've had, oh, I've yeah. had two weeks of pent-up frustration. Yeah, I know. I know. Am but, I wrong? But, no, I, I agree with what you're saying. Um, join us again next week. <laughs> I got a question for National Guard where they came out, you know, National yeah. Guard. They're not on duty 24-7. Now, I think about this at 3 in the morning. They must – when they, they're out here. Let's just say they arrived in L.A. Right. I guess they someone puts them up in a hotel. I guess like in a, a Holiday Inn. And do they all stay in the same hotel? Do they take their uniforms and their machine guns into the room with them? 
or is there an armory that's set up where they get their supplies first thing in the morning when they go to work? Don't you wonder about there's things gotta, like that? There's got to be a military base. I would think so. But wouldn't that be interesting if, like, you know, can you picture, like, 30 people, uh, guardsmen, you know, checking in? So, uh, do you have a pool? So, like, a coffee maker in the hotel room? And do they go there and get a good night's sleep? Because they can't be on shift 24 hours, 24-7. <laughs> These are the things I think about. <laughs> That's what you you asked a question earlier, and I do want to say this. Then, yeah. we'll, then we'll put it to bed. Yeah, 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 yeah. The National Guard kneeling. Oh, that's the other thing I want to talk to you about. Yeah. How does that make? Well, I'm taking this away from you. No, but go yeah, ahead. How does it make you feel when our elected officials, whether it's governor or mayor, takes a knee in front of a Black Lives Matter protest? Don't, it makes me feel like they are not strong, like they are curtailing. They're, it's they're patronizing. Yes, yes. I'm also kind of convinced that Garcetti, who seem, he, he's so like weird. <laughs> like when you watch these news, these press releases, conferences, or whatever, he's always smiling. He's got that weird smirk yeah. to him, and I'm like, dude, you're talking about your city being ripped apart, and you're not straight faced. But anyway, I get that he is. He he can side with whoever he wants, right? And I think a lot of this idea about defunding the police, which, by the way, I, I don't think that – I think he's saying it to kind of placate everybody. So it's like, let's calm down a little bit, and we'll try to defund the police. It's not going to make a difference. And it's really not. It's it? not. And I don't, I don't, I don't think he's going to get to do it. I think the union is going to step in and say, you do that, we're leaving. What was that – defunding, where's that money that they're yanking away? It's not coming out of paychecks or – Where's it coming well, out of? Is it coming out of like uniforms and supplies and yes. coming out of for well, where's that money? Here's, here's the problem. First of all, you're giving it to the impoverished communities. Okay, whatever that means. First of all, what I hear is people are just going to be taking this money, siphoning it out of the police and, and doing who knows what with it. And, and it's not going to get to the people that actually need it. Second of all, it's totally patronizing to do that to people, to basically say, hey, you're black and you can't do this on right. your own. Right. So we're going to give you money because, you know, you're black and you can't help yourself. Right. Only right. we can help you. Only white people can help you. Do you not hear the racism in what you're saying? Sure, sure. And this only can lead to more crime. Right? I mean, you now are taking money away from the people who are supposed to be enforcing crime, uh, uh, enforcing the law. And you're saying, okay, do the same or better with less. And that's a really tough putt. Now, even though you do feel that the police have become too militaristic in in image, in image, the way they're dressed and so on, don't you feel bad for them with what's been going on? Because they're being spit upon, uh, fireworks are being thrown in their face, and taking not a pay cut, but a major chunk of the police budget is being yanked away from you. It's almost like it's punished, slap you, you're not supposed to do, that it's so humiliating. Well, here's the other problem. When you have the military taking a knee, could you imagine if this was the KKK? What if the KKK was having like big riots and protests yeah right and the and the military goes out and they take a knee right that's awful yeah you don't do that the whole point of the military is to have no political agenda right right and they're there to enforce the law and make sure that the law is upheld it really bothered me a lot when i did see uh mayor and governor and police taking a knee at a protest rally i thought it was so obviously patronizing yes even if they agree you don't do that. But here's the, the thing I was saying earlier, too. There there haven't been solutions. And I know that they did say uh, – th- there has recently become this, like, eight can't wait 
I don't have you heard about this? There's like a hashtag called eight can't wait, and it's these eight measures <coughs> that should be implemented. And it's the idea being we can't wait for these things. Like these things have to happen now. We need to pass all of these measures, but there's a problem. Almost all of those measures that they suggest are things that basically still come down to the police officer making a judgment call. It's like um, they have to exhaust all other possibilities. Well, how do you do that unless it's the police officer's judgment call? And it's um, use uh, use this method of like nonviolent restraint or whatever. And that again comes down to a judgment call. And very few people are talking about non individual police officer. Uh, what am I trying to say? Like their their decision making process, like trying to come up with solutions that aren't that. And I've heard of some, I've heard of a few, but I've really had to dig around and find a few things that would actually clean up the system. But this idea of taking away the police force, mm-hmm. like, I went to Detroit, and I had, had a friend, I went up to Detroit a lot, next girlfriend, I, I would go up to Detroit to visit her quite a bit in the mid-2000s, I want to say 2008, 2009, and that's back when Detroit was having some real, real problems. I know they had problems in the 80s too, but there was a suburb of Detroit that their police force was defunded. They basically went bankrupt. And the downtown Detroit police would oversee that suburb only when there was a murder. If there wasn't a murder, then they never came in. Right. So if you went into a 7-Eleven with a shotgun and you, uh, you held up the place, it's up to the 7-Eleven owner to defend themselves. So that's what we're basically looking at here if we're talking about taking away the police force. It's going to be the same thing. It's going to be uh, like community. Yes. Community enforcement. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the guardian angels, but that should supplement. That should not be the primary force. Right, right, right. Communities are going to burn, and you're going to have some real, real chaos if you don't have any sort of law enforcement. Look what happened. Look what happened over the weekend. You had mass looting. Yeah. And people think, too, when you're stealing from, you know, this, you break into a store and you, they were breaking into a subway. First of all, what the fuck are you stealing from a subway sandwich shop? Yeah. You're like the, the lettuce? I mean, but second of all, someone owns that subway and you think that subway owns it. No, that's a franchise. Right, right. Some, that's somebody's business. Right. And they're paying money to subway so that they can have that name on there. And yeah. people don't understand what they're doing. They don't yeah. think it's a local business. They yeah. think, oh, we're just hurting it's, subway. It, yeah, yeah, it's the man. Right. <laughs> anyway all right you want to talk about the reflection well, what, are we, what are we on now what are we on well we did in the news uh-huh. so oh i know uh it, it's certainly time for the weekend review and uh robert who's bringing the weekend review to us i don't know if they're gonna keep sponsoring us after this week <laughs> avgearguy.com oh? is as of this week our sponsor <laughs> avgearguy.com has over 30 years of experience in the business of transferring your uh, your non-digital media into digital media. This is slides. This is uh, negatives. This is Super 8, High 8, VHS, Betamax, anything you need that's not in digital format. AVGearGuy.com can take that and put it into a digital file for you so you can share it with family, put it on Facebook, put it up on Instagram, whatever you want. Both Robert and myself are clients of AVGearGuy.com. We're really pleased with this guy and what he does. And he's got state-of-the-art equipment. As you all know, I've had 14,000 slides scanned. It's all in one small uh, external hard drive, and I'm looking at images I would not have seen again for the rest of my all life. All of that porn lost. Oh, wait, sh- we don't I mean, wanna, wait, you're sorry. ruining my reputation among all of our listeners. No, I'm sorry. No, it's already been ruined. Um, and again, uh, uh, like him on, on Facebook, and his, his rates are extremely reasonable, highly competitive, avgearguy.com. 
Okay. Let's so, do a quick week in review. A quick I, one? Yeah, I was but, too too long-winded on uh, I'm going to go super fast, okay. but okay, who's going first? Go ahead. All right, real quick. You ready? Yeah. Dirty teacher. Okay. You know what, Robert? Next. I was halfway through it where I realized I've already seen this. All right. It served its purpose well. Let's make move on to Jennifer's body. Is that code for I jerked off? You're damn right. It is Jennifer's body. Uh. We talked about that about a half a year ago. It, too, served its purpose mm-hmm. well. I saw... Mamma Mia, here we go again. Now, why? I know, I know, but there's, I, I watched the movie and I was curious. I, went, I read a Rolling Stone review. I love their opening sentence, Rolling Stone. They said, you know, it was not, it was an enjoyable movie. This is the sequel. The Rolling Stone review said, but let's not make any more. <laughs> I thought that was like, it's pleasant when you're watching it. It's a warm, fuzzy feel good, but we don't need to have any more sequels of this. Yes. Let's move on to um, the movie Up. Up was on TV, and once again, the first 22 minutes. Wow, you've it's talked about that movie. before. It's you've art. Ta- it, it's 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 so emotionally. Con- it's uh, quite a beginning. The first twenty. The whole movie is damn good. So I watched Up, and I also want to mention I happen to watch Clockwork Orange. Robert, oh. have you seen that of late? I've I, seen I it ha- enough that I know it. Yeah, I last time I saw it was probably about four or five years ago. Oh, that's fairly recent. Yeah, were yeah. you blown away by it all over again? Well, I, I did, but it was not. Around. I was never blown away. Blown away. Well, I wasn't either. Okay. However, Robert, the movie I want to mention to you right now in the Week in Review is once again why I fucking love movies. Inside Man. Mm-hmm. You've talked about that film before. I have, yeah. You liked it a lot, didn't yeah. you? Robert, first of all, the Spike Lee? Mm-hmm. Are you sure he directed it? Yeah. I went back twice. I went back. This is not a Spike Lee joint film. I know. It's not. Yeah. It's really, really good. Um, I love everybody in this movie was just terrific with um, uh, even Jodie Foster and Jodie Foster was she's often that cool but I liked her in this film a lot she was like an attorney kind of a fixer do you know what I mean fixer making sure that and it's such an it's a bank robbery but it's more than that Clyde Barker is great oh he's terrific and wait is it Clyde Barker or Clive uh, no Clive Clive Owen Owen. Um, Clyde Barker's the author you're right. Denzel Washington was great. The cinematography was great. The music was great. Everything about this movie was so smart. It was an intelligent film, and it had that cool hook. Like, hmm, why does that old man not want to have access to that safe deposit box? What mm-hmm. could possibly be in there? And I think I mentioned this to you in a text or something a few days ago. That last beat. This is a movie I didn't want to see end. You know, I often say it needed about 15 minutes of editing. This is a two. I loved this film and there's something about the very very end yeah spoiler alert you'll forget i'm saying this anyway but we're our, our hero the cop realizes in his suit pocket is the diamond mm-hmm. when they pass each other and i should have realized that but i didn't and i just i fell for it man i was swept away by this film i fucking love this film and it's movies like this that makes me love cinema and you know what i think spike lee he's done some great wow. films the problem is i think when he gets, when it gets preachy, it winds up, it becomes distasteful. It becomes preachy. Some, yeah. Yeah. And even, I mean, some of the, the preacher films are really good, but She's Gotta Have It. Have you seen She's Gotta Have I It? I haven't. It's really good. Yeah. It's yeah. It's sweet. It's, it's romantic. It's really nice. I, it's, and he's in it. He acts in it um, as well, and he's really good in it. And it's a fun film. 
Halfway through Inside Man, I went to Wikipedia. Am I wrong? Who directed this movie? Spike Lee. Yeah, it was just... You're thinking, Spike Jones? Yeah. (laughs) What an intelligent movie. Mm -hmm. It's just smart. All right. Anyway, that's what I saw. Okay. you? A few movies that I saw this week. um, uh, War on Everyone, Den of Thieves, The Other Guys. We had a little action um, marathon this week. Top Gun. Went back and watched Top Gun. Hadn't seen that in a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched Nighthawks. Billy D. Williams, Sylvester Stallone. Do you remember this? Yeah, I remember it. I didn't see it. 1981, but I Nighthawks. How was that? That's that, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a Stallone movie. It was like a, a, a free Stallone movie I'd never seen before. And I'm like, this is prime wow. Stallone. I want to talk about a movie that I think you would really enjoy. I think you would enjoy it because you liked the cousin of this movie, the spiritual cousin, Cube. Right? Love Cube. Same kind of premise. Here's what it is. It's all set in one location, kind of like Cube. This guy, um, it, there's, I think, one scene where he signs up. He volunteers to go into this, uh, like, tower. Uh, this is a foreign, I think it's a Spanish film? I can't remember. He goes into uh, this, like, uh, the prison tower or something like that. But it's basically a, a, a prison where they can't get out. And it's a room. And in the room, it's like a big open room. In the middle of the room is a giant hole, like a big square hole. And in the room, you also have a toilet. You have a sink. And you have a bed. And you're put in this room with somebody else. So it's you and another person. There's two people per room. And every few minutes, this... And, and you look up, and there's other levels above you. And you can see people up above you. You can say, hi. You can see people above you. And you can look down, and you can see people below you. And there's no telling how far up or how far down it goes. Every so often, this tray gets lowered down the hole, all the way down. And as it comes down, it, stay, it stops for just a period of time, and you know, just a few minutes. And then a, a sound goes up, and then it lowers down the hole and keeps going down. And what's on the tray is food. So you have just enough time to sit there and eat the food before it buzzes and it keeps going. And if you try to keep food, then they will either freeze the room and like literally freeze you to death or start baking you. And they'll start heat pumping in heat and they'll cook you. So you have to throw your food away. You have to throw it down the hole and it has to land on the plate and you have to keep passing food down. And they're trying to figure out, well, how many levels are there? And they're on level like 70 something and they're getting like the remnants after everybody else up above is eaten but there's still some food left and the one of the guys uh is saying oh i was on level 132 so i know there's at least 132 and there were levels below that so i don't know and they're trying to figure out well what do they eat and at that point when you're 132 levels down you wind up eating each other right and every you're there for a month and then they shuffle the order and they put you on a different level What's this movie called? It's called The Platform. Does it explain how they got there? Some of them, it turns out they, some of them are criminals. And this, our our main guy actually volunteered to do it, but it does explain at least some of them how they got to be there. So it's not like they just woke up and they were there. Right, right. It's not that. Right. Um, Is there a resolution? Yes. Is it a logical resolution? Yeah, I think so. You're going to like it. Check it out. It's on Netflix. It is? Yeah. I know what I'm doing tonight. The Platform. Cool. It's a, it's a really cool film. Nice. All right. By the way, 
One last thing. Mm -hmm. Why is Inside Man titled Inside Man? Oh, body. Well, no, I actually Googled the question, and there's a lot of interpretation. You Go, go. What is it? He was inside. He was inside the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, that's the main theory. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also... It's more than that, It's though. misleading, right? It's leading you to think it's one thing, but yes. it's got this other yes. layer to it. Yes. Go, oh, yeah. it works on a couple different layers. Yeah. yeah. It's a great title, I think. It's a great movie. Yeah. Inside Man and The Platform. And, you know, I, I gave you a homework assignment that I don't think you fulfilled. Me? Yes. You're what? supposed to watch a movie called For a Good Time Call. I have it. You know what? It's next up. Mm-hmm. No. We're going to talk about it next week. Yeah. I feel like I'm talking about too many movies right now. All right. So I'll save that one for next week. Okay. A good time call. All right. The and, Perfection. And Robert, talk us through it. Perfection has arguably <laughs> one of the greatest beginnings to a movie ever where uh, people are getting sick. There's a girl on a bus, and uh, she and her friend are going across China, and uh, – Getting sick, puking everywhere. Help me out with this a little bit. They, I want to listen to you. So here's the problem. Yeah. Problem? I'm going to tell you something. What? Before I get into the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw this movie already. What? Yeah. Did you forget? Hmm? Or you knew that? I, I did, when you said it, yeah. I, when you pitched it, yeah. I didn't realize because the, the title is so awful. I know. And then I went back and went, oh, I it's this movie. I saw this movie, yeah. And so I went back and was like, oh, okay, great. So I knew. I had already seen this movie a few months ago. I might have already talked about it. I can't remember if I brought it up on our, hmm. um, on our, our week in review. So it turns out, we find out later, that the friend who is supposedly helping this girl is actually murdering her. She's, like, poisoned her. And it's all because this girl is a, a wonderful, is it cello? Yeah, cello, uh-huh. cello. cello player. Mm-hmm. And I guess they they knew each other, or they, they, they were... They went to the same school, mm-hmm. and they had been <laughs> go ahead. What molested their entire lives mm-hmm. by the director of yeah. the school and yeah. just tortured yeah. in a ridiculous way in order to get them to be perfect at playing the violin. You got it. Oh, okay, I, that's about as good as I'm going to do. Yeah. What uh, do you think? Allison Williams, we should mention, mm-hmm. who was in uh, Get Out, mm-hmm. and she's, of course, the daughter of the newscaster who was... Um, did some bad things. Remember that? Brian Williams. Yeah, yeah he made up stuff. That's mm-hmm. right. He fabricated new stories. Robert, I'm going to go out of the limb with this. And s- this was a fucked up movie. Yeah, it was. This was a fucked up movie. I liked it. <laughs> you didn't, did you? I did. No. I liked I, it. I, I liked it, but I liked it okay. It was not great, but I liked it for the... It's hard for me to not like a fucked up movie. Yeah. I, I think if you... This is about the least I could like a fucked up movie, which is still like, okay, yeah, I liked it. okay, yeah, I'll agree with that. A B plus. We should mention that one of our listeners suggested that we watch this movie and, and discuss we'll it. So that's cool. It. We like it. We get feedback mm-hmm. from our listeners to suggest movies for us to, uh, for us to discuss. I thought that I, I liked, this was, this was a horror movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, the last four minutes, you can't believe to see what you're seeing <laughs> and the way it's uh, the resolution. If you want to, if you want to call it that. Well, there's a massive fight in the in the school, right? They have this big kind of rundown, hide them, shoot them, like trying to kill each other and chopping each other into pieces. Right. And then I'm I already know your money shot because it's my money shot as well. Oh. Yeah. The last shot of the film. Yeah. yeah. Well, how can it not? Go ahead, explain it. Well, you do, you describe. You it. do it. No, I need you to describe. 
where we're going to talk about the big aha moment. Go for it. Where it takes two people to play a cello. Mm -hmm. And during the course of the film, we have an arm cut off, and then we have a wrist a hand cut off, too. Put them together, you got one hot cello player. So it's the two women side by side holding the one instrument between them. One, of course, with a bow on the strings, and the other is working the neck of the cello. The two of them are creating a perfect perfection symphony, the cello. So that was nicely up. described, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. What a sick, fucked up movie. It really worked for me. I want to make an interesting statement. I think this was actually a 27-minute film that was padded out to be 90 minutes. Ooh. If you really think about it, yeah. there was a lot of talky stuff that simply wasn't necessary. Mm -hmm. They had us going in flashbacks that were not crucial to the storyline, and you had a cool but flimsy brief storyline and i think they did the best they could to make it a full-length feature film the flashbacks i think were, were unnecessary even the bus sequence which you mentioned earlier was really good yeah but it didn't be as long and drawn out as much as it was could well i think the reason why it was drawn out was the gross factor it yeah, was there yeah. was a lot of puking yeah. everybody thinks she has a virus yeah. on this bus yeah, she had little and, bugs inside her right. vomit and and everyone's like wondering what the hell's going on and so i think they're trying to stretch that out mm -hmm. i th i think that you are you're you're dead nuts on with this with that analysis that's the one thing i thought and uh, that it was uh, it was very talky with flashbacks and it, it sure we like movies that breathe and take their time but ultimately when you think about it a lot of the scenes they showed us simply were not necessary mm -hmm. to build up to this fucked up conclusion i liked it if there had not, if there's not a um, a kind of standard international standard for films to be an hour and a half long, right. and if there was this true uh, revolution of time within the the cinematic world, a 42 minute movie this would be, and a damn good one. Yeah, yeah, and it would just be like, well, yeah, it's as long as it needs to be. Yeah, and we'll be okay with that, no matter what it is. Yeah, I think this is this movie does not come in at an hour and a half. Right, right, right. But man, what a what a fucked up movie. I want to thank our listener for suggesting it. <laughs> I also, I got to say, some yeah. of my money shots are when they get kicked off the bus and they're walking down this gravel road and it's this, uh, her begging her friend to kill her. Uh, that, that really sticks out to me as well. And I know this is my money shot because it, I had some time to go back and remember this. You know, I probably had three or four months after watching it that it was suggested yeah and for mine well the whole it's not a shot but it's a sequence on the bus yeah that was really unnerving mm -hmm. and uh you know robert when we go to see movies together sometimes you tease me a little playfully tease that i, I lean forward in my seat yeah. you seem to do that quite a few times i was doing that at home but like lean like my god this is really fucked up and disturbing and uh, that and of course in the last scene of the movie too would certainly be a money shot they did a good job of replicating the cello playing they there's a few movies that I've seen. I think that the dopamine receptors in my brain have been worn out. Like the neurons have, <coughs> have dried up with some movies that are supposed to be shocking that aren't actually shocking. Um, and then occasionally I'll see some movies like uh, a Serbian film or 120 Days of Sodom, you know, something like that. And then when I watch them, I'm like, I feel dirty after watching it. This is, and this is one of absolutely. those. It was definitely like a, Ugh. and it got my dopamine firing. Yeah. Yeah. 
A lot of hot bisexual lesbian loving in that movie. Mm. That was pretty hot. A lot of hot singing. I thought the acting was really fine. Yeah. It had good production values. It was cheesy the way it was shot. The ending got a little yeah, over cheesy. The top. Yeah, over the top. It was too much. It was too much. It was, it was believable <coughs> to a point. I was yeah. buying their world. They could have used our until imagination the to fill yeah. in the gap. But yeah. we didn't need to see what they did to the teacher right. at the end where his limbs were cut off and right. so on. Like, well, we didn't need to graphically see that moment. But again, there was... Um, cheese ball stuff too where one person was punched in the face we see it from the point of view and so boom and the screen goes to red you know mm-hmm. what I mean so a little bit over the top and um, I but I liked it they had fun they had fun making yes movies. yes they did didn't they fuck that movie hey was it anti-wave yeah yeah this is an anti-wave movie I mean <laughs> first of all with this much Gratuitous violence and sick, I mean, puking and everything else. Yeah, I, I think so. And the themes are also, I mean, it's a horror movie, but it's also like a weird, it's not a typical slasher movie. <coughs> right. So it is, it's a horror movie in that sense, but it's very graphic and violent. Let me be the first of all, the movie had chapters, which yeah. made it atypical, anti wave. I was about to say it didn't have a typical three right, act structure. Right, right. And also the the um, a lot story. of rewinds where we'd see right. they speed it up like you're watching video you'd make that high pitched right. squeal like we're going back in time. What was it? Uh oh, is that gonna be your drop at the end? Probably. Okay. Where they did that. However, I'm with you on being an anti wave film. Question Does the protag you can love it when I get this way. Does the protagonist get what she wants at the end? Yes. Well, she loses her hand, right? Yeah, I know. Hey, everything's a (laughs) trade-off. Yes, revenge. Yeah. Revenge is sweet. But at what cost? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. But listen to my tone there. It's kind of like a... So on the anyway skill, you're giving it a 7.7, aren't you? Yeah. 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 The Perfection. Check it out. Bad title. Good movie. Cool. Ira, who died this week. Gotta tell you, unfortunately, must the following people, they done turned to dust. Uh, We lost Heather Chase, a 92-year-old British actress. She was in uh, Les Miserables, the uh, the film version that came out about five years ago. Uh, Cindy Butler, 64-year-old American model and actress, and she did... um, Gray Eagle, Bogey Creek, Creek 2, and The Legend Continues. So she did these cheesy Are you movies. talking about the Boogaloo movement? No, that was a Boogaloo. That was another one. I like that title, that right-wing mm-hmm. group. Richard Hurd, not to oh, be I confused with John Hurd, who's also not John Hurt. This is another one. Richard Hurd, have you heard about him? 87-year-old American actor. He did a lot of TV, but he was also in The China Syndrome. I like that film. And All the President's Men. We lost Tony Scannell, 74-year-old Irish actor. He was in Flash Gordon. Oh. Flash. Ah. You he were saved in Flash Gordon. Us. I was flashing. Uh, I've seen this name a lot. Bruce J. Friedman, a 90-year-old American author, screenwriter. He wrote Splash. Oh, yeah. yeah he I wrote Splash, Dr. Detroit, and Stir Crazy. So he did some uh, popular films. Corners, Corners, Spotlight Award goes to. thought about Olivia de Havilland. Eh, she was old. We don't Did care she about die her. this week? Yeah, she died this week. But she's You didn't even mention her. Buddy, she's over 100. It was time for her, okay? Just time. Let's not be pigs here. When you're over 100, it's time to say goodbye. But you know what, Robert? I have a lot of respect for character actors. And there's an American character actor, and I never heard of him. 
And I like the fact I never heard of him because that means he was doing his job really well. Are you talking about Anthony James? Oops. <laughs> I guess you've heard of him. 77-year-old American, character actors in The Heat of the Night, High Plains Drifter. He was in the uh, Unforgiven and a uh, very highly regarded character actor who specialized in villains, films, and, and TV, and a lot of westerns as well. And kudos and hat off to the uh, character actors who are so very... They're, they're unsung heroes, I think, of a movie. They're the, supposed that's to be part in, of the movie, usually. They, often. Yeah. Often they are. Often they are. So, uh, anyway, Anthony's dead. Huh. Well, hey, man. You want to do some top five? Hit top five and hit it, Vern. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to our top five. All right, top five. This week is top five. Music, Music instrument, instrument movies. movies. Okay, Alrighty. now, let's talk about this. You know, I like to pull back and... Define our terms, and you roll your eyes when I do this. Is it the movie have to be about an instrument, or can instruments be just be part of the film? <laughs> just like I think this is a Potter Stewart. We'll know it when we see it. Got kind it. Of thing. Um, I've got one in here. Mm-hmm. It's my number five. I'm gonna love that. This you one. are going to. You're gonna be so jealous. How do you know you I didn't include it? it? What makes you think that's not my number one? I, How do you know that's not my? You're just like making an assumption not, here. No. No. Assume I, making ass of you it, and me. Yeah. What? Well, all right. All right. Question. You are going to be made an ass of. Uh, all right. Is it? A, is it really a musical instrument? Yes. Well, is I mean, it an instrument? It's not a traditional instrument. I understand. Uh, but are you playing with a word instrument like maybe your throat of your voice is no. an instrument? No. But it really is a musical instrument. Well, sort of. we'll see. That's your number five. My number five. Do you want to kick it off? Let's Hit it do off. It. With you your ready? Number five. Let's hear it. <clears throat> From 1977. All right. <clears throat> I'm gonna. I'm just gonna I'm gonna sing I'm gonna do with my voice and then you're gonna know. Uh, 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 uh. Plus encounters. Oh fuck. <laughs> fuck. Pretty good, right? Fuck, that's really good. I mean, that was such an important part to help us communicate yeah. with a mothership. Yeah. Da, 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 da. And that one part where the da 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 and the mothership responds, uh, da, da, and the glass shatters. Yeah. Oh, Robert. Tell me that's not great. Fuck, I, I bow to you, man. That was pretty good. I huh? bow to... As yeah. a musical instrument movie. Of course it is. Yeah. And that's how they communicated with music. Yeah. That's fucking This great. means something. something it means... Important. Oh, that's the mashed potatoes. It yeah. means something. Yeah. There you go. That was my number five. I'm, I'm blown away by that. That's just wonderful. Steven now, is that your number one? <laughs> It is now. <laughs> Let me get my pen. I'm changing my number one to the Close Encounters. Robert, kudos to you. Number five, my number five is a movie I mentioned a few months ago, and I don't think you're familiar with it, called The Red Violin. Mm-hmm. I and, know it. Oh, I, you do know I, it. I haven't seen it since, uh, like, the 90s. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's quite a movie. It's damned ambitious. I don't remember anything about Samuel it. Samuel L. Jackson. Ni- oh, by the way, do you remember the year? Yeah, 1997. Eight. Very good. 1998. And the movie spans four centuries, mm. where they follow this violin as it Over goes through different hands. Yeah. I remember that. And I like that premise a lot. And it does remind me of a personal favorite of mine called The Yellow Rolls Royce, where we see this one car going through different owners. And it was even an ambulance during World War One. Then it's just a nifty movie with Rex Harrison called The Yellow Rolls Royce. So I always huh. associated with that. This was the red violin. I heard a 20 bucks that was that same thing. It was like, a was it the same movie. thing? There's also a movie called The Gun. The Gun. Yeah. You know about that? Yeah. With a gun How like, do you know about that? Yeah. That was a cheesy made-for-TV movie. I know. It. How do you know that? <laughs> I know, and it's like 
it was like a wasn't it western like a I don't know if western more contemporary i'm not sure but you see it go through different hands yeah, different and different owners I'm... robert no one's ever heard of that it was a tv movie so at any rate i put that but the red violin had a great cast and it was beautifully photographed and um and and we follow the ownership and and do you want to know why the violin was red i can't remember blood blood, yeah. blood. It's quite a beautiful, impressive, ambitious movie. That's my number five. Okay. <clears throat> I took a little liberty with number four. I love but, it. But not too much. I think you're going to back me on this. So here's the instrument. It's not just one instrument. It's a bunch of instruments. And it's not just the instruments, but it's the people that play them. 2008, there was a documentary called The Wrecking Crew. Is that your number That's one? number one. The Wrecking Crew. Well, help me out. Well, I guess you're going to talk about it in a minute, but I mean, let's well, talk about it now. Yeah, let's talk about it now. Let's talk about it now. The Wrecking Crew. These are the unsung heroes right. of popular music. Well, I shouldn't be talking right now. No, this is popular music in the 60s and 70s, and they had studio musicians, and these guys did mamas and papas. Everything. They, they did everything, and they didn't write the music, right. but they performed it even with the, the Beach Boys, Good Vibration. Mm-hmm. And so, do 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 they didn't write it, but they were performing it, these studio musicians. And it's it's a, these are the unsung heroes who got no notoriety until this wonderful documentary was released. The only problem I have with this yeah. movie is that it, it, there wasn't enough. I could have handled a lot more going into what they were about and what happened with them. Right. It almost became a, they did this song. Right. They did this song. Right. They did this song. Right. They did right. this. And it was almost an hour and a half of, you remember, you've heard this one, right? That's them. Right. They played on this right. one. And it's kind of doing right. Right. Like their greatest hits. Right. And um, and I wish I, I knew a little bit more about them. Not to say that they don't cover any of it. They do. But there's, I wish I knew more about that and the background. Right. Right. And there may just not be a very good story there, but just kind of, hey, you let me draw awareness to, the, to this group. That's my number four. Wrecking You're crew. surprised... I know of this film, aren't you? No. You're not? I no, thought you would a, be. It was a fairly big documentary. Yeah. 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 I actually put those in. That's great, Robert. That's cool. Okay. I changed my number four about two hours ago. Oh. <clears throat> um, behind the Candelabra. Oh. You're, that counts, right? Yeah, Obviously, I think so. we're wiggling a little bit yeah. on that. But directed by your boy Soderbergh. I keep forgetting he directed that movie. And again, with with Mike, what a ballsy movie! If you name a movie, there's a fifty fifty shot that, that Soderbergh directed. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, with with Michael Douglas and Matt Damon, and they were both just terrific. And again, it was a ballsy film. Mm, yeah, was. a lot of balls in that. Yeah, film. yeah, literally. That's my number four. All uh, right, my number three. <coughs> I, I will say this is. It always stood out to me, the musical instrument in this movie, um, because there is a there's a lot about it in this in this movie. But from 1992, a, two rockers and one guy finally gets the guitar he's always wanted, 1992's Wayne's World. Oh... Remember, they keep going into the, the music shop and they're looking at the guitar and he's like, one day you will be mine. He's got this whole, like, you know, I want this guitar. And he finally gets a bunch of money. He goes to get the guitar and he's trying to, you know, then it, it kind of sours like this whole, yeah. there's yeah. a lot of, there's yes. a lot of stuff. There Absolutely. With the 
Now, now, was that the one with Charlton Heston at the end, or was that no, the that was sequel? Wayne's World Two? We've talked about that. That's so funny. Where they parodied the Graduate, the whole Graduate ending. The whole Graduate at Charlton so Heston was like the, the guy was being the, the the gas station attendant. That's right. I know this is a he small said, part. Where you do a little better you than don't this, need to right? That catch you? It's like fucking Charlton Heston. That was the sequel, right? But that's really good, Robert. That's really good. Yeah, yeah. All right. What do you got? What's your number three? My number three is also a guitar. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it was I, Animal I, House. No, that's funny. Oh, they bash him over the head with it. That no, they hit to the wall. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, they get to the wall. Yeah. Uh, but here's your hint. It's a guitar. It was, I forgot it was directed by Richard uh, Linklater. Is that your hint? Richard Linklater. He, I, he really, I, he directed this movie with Stan Jack Black. Oh, School of Rock. You're letting me count that, aren't you? Yeah. The guitar yeah. and. Because I had that in my, my scoops. Was that right? Yeah. And it was about many instruments, but mostly Jack Black and his guitar. And I just love that film. I just, that movie had a lot of heart as well as being funny. And I'm sure you know this too. I might've said it once before that the screenplay was written with Jack Black, obviously. Mm -hmm. Think of any other actor who could play that part. It wouldn't work. Maybe Jim Carrey, but it wouldn't have been as good. But you're right. That would be a close second. That'd be a close second. But it's Jack Black who could be, who's obviously a musician and very comedic with his body language and so on. And uh, I just love that film. Jack Black needed, you needed the rock element. And Jim Carrey doesn't have that. that rock element. You're right. Right. That bad boy. Yeah. 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 Cool. Although Keanu Reeves, you know, could always do it. He could always step in. He could. Reeves? Or Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. Um, yeah, my number yeah. two. Now, this one I'd be surprised if you if you've heard of. From 2001, there's another documentary, one of the best documentaries I've ever seen, called Scratch, and it is about the origins of the turntable and how scratching actually came to be. And they walk you through like the very beginnings of of um, like like the first people to accidentally scratch and like what they were doing. This, the guy who is kind of credited with doing it, he was DJing. He was like, you know, the whole point is to try to match the, match the beats on one record to the beats on the other record. And he said that he was um, he was DJing and his mom came and was talking to him and he was kind of holding the record and was like, okay. He was like talking to her and just kind of like, and kind of like doing that in rhythm while he was talking to his mom. And then she left and he realized what he was doing. He was kind of like, that's kind of a cool sound. And he was like, and you started using that scratch as part of uh, as part of the song, and that's when it all kind of began. And the musical instrument is a turntable. Yeah, that is a music. It was used as a musical. Instrument. Well, that's kind of the beginning. That of, actually, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, not just playing records, but actually using it as almost a percussion instrument. Right. But you know what? On some level, it always bothered me. They were ruining the record, right? Weren't they ruining the records? Yeah. 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 Well, mm-hmm. now they're not. Now that it's, it's all lasers oh. that are the records hold the grooves and yes. they use like an optical sensor that then controls a digital file and goes back and forth on the digital file yeah, and but scrubs does that the make file. it the same hmm. yeah well there's people that i mean they'll purists. still do purists do an all, the vinyl people an all that's very funny set. they're yeah. your same vinyl people yep. crying out no use real vinyl if that's very funny but the the documentary is incredible if you've never seen it yeah. it talks it shows title, you by the way here's title. what's actually happening yeah uh, when we're when you're scratching, like here's what that is, and they show you some incredible people that are just out of their minds, so good doing it. Uh, they they get into digging, which is um, uh, something that like some of the best DJs have to do. They they follow DJ Shadow, and he goes down to Amoeba Records, and he's got this little, um, it's like a little uh, Volkswagen bug, uh, a Volkswagen uh, van, but it's like a model, like a bus, and it's <coughs> kind of looks like a Volkswagen bus, and he puts it on. It's shaped like one. 
he puts it on the record. It's battery operated, and it plays. It just drives around the record, but it actually plays the sound. I've seen that. Yeah, and he brings one of those with him so he could just hear the record right then and be like, okay, do I want to use this on my set? It's a portable record, record player, player, basically. I've seen that. Yeah, and so he kind of shows you here's how he digs, and he goes down to like these dusty old basements looking for these records that were made in the 1940s and 50s and stuff, and it's he's just digging for wow. really unique yeah. sounds. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I could use this. Here's how I would put that in. It's a really fascinating documentary. I think I'd like that. Good title. It's, Good title. Scat you know, a great documentary pulls you into the world, yeah. right? Even if you have no interest in the world. I mean, no offense, but you don't seem like someone who is really into the hip-hop scene of hey, scratching. I'd be hip. <laughs> Thank you for proving my point. <laughs> but I think after watching the movie, you'd go, wow, that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So check out Scratch. Cool. My number two? Yes. Whiplash. It's my number one. Robert. I that's well, I don't know the year. Obviously, we're not gonna play the year games. 2014. 2014. Yes, you already knew that. Uh obviously the drummer and the um instructor the band leader. The band yeah, I know we've said this months and months ago though. J I was gonna say JK Rowling. <laughs> JK Simmons, right? right? He's 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 incredible. And you know, I know I've articulated this before. He's really a nice guy. Yeah. On the talk shows, he's so warm and genuine and pleasant. And man, in this film, what a good, solid film that is. Do you think he is better in Whiplash than Arlie Ermey is in Full Metal Jacket? Oh, that's a great question. And I'll throw one more in. What's the guy Probable. from Officer and, Officer and Gentleman? Um, oh. Louis Gossett Jr. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think all rank I, those. I, yeah, yeah, they're all in the same. No, you got to rank them. No, I, I don't want to. You're not playing the game. I, okay, full metal number one, and then we'll go to uh, J.K. Mm -hmm. And then we'll go to uh, what's his name from. Uh, you you got that answer gentleman. correct. That was the correct answer. Well, says who? Says that's your opinion. No, that's the correct answer. That's the, the Ira. Yes, that's the correct answer. You know. Yes. Oh, I feel so enlightened. <laughs> That's my number two. And Whiplash, I think I know what your number one. Whiplash is my number one. Great film. And um, even if you wanted to say this is about the drummer, which I would argue back it is, but it's also about the the drum set, the drum kit, yes. with tuning, yes. everything else. But there is a key moment in there that's just about the drum sticks themselves. And it's a pivotal point in the whole movie uh, where the sticks are forgotten. And it, it definitely is about the sticks in that moment. So... I, this movie is it's one of the best movies I've ever Absolutely. seen. Robert, that's cool. We had as our number your number one, my number two. That's cool. What's and your, my number what's one your again, big mystery number yeah, one? The overlap as we know the wrecking crew. I want to say not to be confused with the Dean Martin movie called The Wrecking Crew, which was featured in um Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, mm -hmm. where you see Wrecking Crew on the Bruin Theater, and that was a like um a Dean Martin spy movie, same title. And also similar to another documentary called uh, Twenty Feet from Stardom, mm -hmm. which is the same thing. Yep. You have the backup singers, the vocals and how important those backup singers are for the hit of a movie. And but this was all instrumental. Let me just say that again. It was the LA band scene uh, in the 60s and 70s, like we already said, the Beach Boys, Mamas and Papas, even the Monkees, songs like Good Vibration and so on, that, man, they just nailed that sound and helped make all these these great songs a hit. Do you have any scoops? A few. Go for it. Okay, I'm going to say. I thought about movies like Amadeus 2 and uh, A Mighty Wind, but I thought, well, the instruments, I love A Mighty Wind, mm -hmm. but I thought, ah, close, but I wasn't including that one. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, oh, 
you know, and the piano. No, I'm just kidding. Well, I, I had the piano. No, on you didn't. Too. No, you didn't. I had it as a scoop. Did you really? Yeah. I hated that movie. I didn't like it either. That's I why I didn't put it on. Well, that's what, yeah. Yeah, you actually put this. It's going on and on uh, and on. Psycho Shut bitch. up. Chop off the fingers. Right. Psycho crazy bitch. Right. You know, women. I did have a good money shot, though, with the the, the end where she had, like, the fake finger and she was, like, oh, tapping yeah. at the end yeah. on, the, on the piano. What else do you have for scoops? Uh, I got Searching for Sugar Man. Yeah. Have you seen that documentary? Yeah. That's yep. really good. Uh, Blues Brothers. Oh, that's that's good. That's pretty good, especially the the scene with Ray's where they go to get the uh, they go to get all the instruments and they have to get you know they they got to get an IOU. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a whole musical sequence there to prove how good the piano is. Um, the piano also, Prince of Tides. Do you remember this? I do. I'm trying to think of the instrument. Nick Nolte. Yes. And I, here's the let's problem: see, is I see. all of this is fuzzy in my mind because I haven't seen it in so long. <laughs> but there was a scene at the end. With the violin, and there was some sort of violin, and they drop it off the balcony, and it was oh. like he was all like obsessed with the violin, and they dropped it off the balcony, and that was like the big ending. It was like how much this violin was worth, and then they they destroyed it um, to kind of like prove his worth or something like that. It was a red violin. Mm, it was a crumpled. Wait, who violin. was the female in that? Barbara, Barbara Streisand. It was her blood. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> um, I also thought about uh, Echo in the Canyon. We spoke about yeah. that a few months ago, the documentary about the incredible music scene, late 60s, early 70s here in Lowell Canyon. Wow. We did it. You like my Close Encounters of the Third. Oh, dude. How come you didn't make that your number one? Uh, I, it's just not my favorite movie. Whiplash, man. <laughs> All right. Hey, we did it. <clears throat> Robert, what do you want to do now? Um, I want to go home. You do? Yeah. But but but, what are we doing next week? Is that what we're doing next week? What are we doing next week? I, I think we we're, we got to go in an order here. Oh well, this is the order you steer. If <laughs> I, I, yeah. if people have go, some musical instrument hiccup. movies yeah. that they haven't oh, that's right. discussed uh, that we haven't to... discussed, they can reach out to us. Oh, tell how? Well, they can reach out to us through email. Ah, and what's the email address? My email is yeah. robert at antiwavepodcast dot com. Ah. Or and slash or Ira at antiwavepodcast.com. Or they can reach out to us to Twitter or Instagram. Our handle there is at antiwavepod. We're all over the place, aren't we, Robert? Uh, just like we the violin like... that was smashed at the bottom of the high rise for Nick Nolte and Barbara Streisand. Yes, we are all over but the place. But it should have been read from Barbara's blood. Uh, also, about uh, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, uh, Google Play, Spotify. Go to our website. Throw us a few bucks over Patreon. Help keep the sprocket holes moving. Ira, next yes, week, do tell. we're going to watch Natalie Wood, What Remains Behind. Yes, documentary. Yep. And, Streaming uh, on HBO. I'm going to say one quick statement that's going to – we'll talk more about this next week. You ready for this? Yeah. I don't think she was all that pretty. What? Isn't that weird? Wow. Her, and also Elizabeth Taylor. I don't get it. Yeah. A huge fascination. I'm, I'm on yeah. my own on that one, aren't I? I don't think there. I think Natalie Wood was pretty hot. I, Did I, you really? Go there. Did you fantasize about her? Every day. Cool. You know who I thought was really hot? Who? Who was really, really hot of that era? Yeah. Was uh, Grace? What's her name? She went off and married the prince. Oh, Kelly. Kelly Grace. Yeah. No, Grace, Grace Kelly. Ke- Grace, Grace Kelly. Kelly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Agreed. Agreed. She was a smoke show yeah. man. Yes. She agreed. Was gorgeous. Yeah. I'd rather do her than Natalie. I, I would. I would be hard. to... <laughs> Grace Kelly, could you find somebody that's hotter than Grace no, Kelly? No, no, her face was amazing. Incredible it was body. beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect. Then she went to the guy Monaco. 
Yeah. Oh, a prince from Monaco. Did she Fuck run him. off the cliff and she yeah. drive off a cliff yeah. and die? Yeah. 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 Hmm. Bad well, circumspect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was the brake lining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk yeah. about Natalie Wood's mysterious death <laughs> next week. Yeah, it was mysterious. Yeah. You know, she saw the two of them having gay sex. You know that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They decided we got to kill her. It's possible. It's possible. I don't think so. Okay. All right. We'll talk about that. <laughs> I guess that's it. We did it. Let's, you want to thank producer Joey? Yeah. Great job, producer Joey, for producing Woo. the show. Uh, I think that's about it for that's this week, it. right? Yeah. All right. okay. well, I guess right. uh, keep uh, looking into these mysterious deaths of what are you Grace doing? Kelly and Natalie Wood and no, keep you're... doing that all this week. And then until next week, you're keep watching movies. And, and what do I, uh, we'll help you sort them out. A lot of hot bisexual lesbian loving in that movie.